Dave Maxey here with the HomeMusicStudio1.com podcast. And today I want to talk to you about three things that you can do to eliminate those digital pops, snaps, and clicks in your audio track. So don't go anywhere. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. Dave Maxey here. Uh, this is the show where you can learn how to produce professional audio on any size budget. And uh, maybe a next step for you might be this. Get the answer to one of the most frequently asked questions that I get regarding home recording. And uh, you can do that by heading on over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. Uh, Well, in just a minute, I want to address three things that you can do that will help you very much uh, eliminate those uh, digital pops and clicks in your audio. Say when you're mixing down a track or you're processing uh, maybe some audio or you're consolidating some of your tracks, or even when you've just recorded a track and then you play it back and it seems like maybe randomly uh, you've got some clicks and pops in your audio, uh, maybe not necessarily clipping, but just some digital noise going on in there. We'll address some things that'll help you eliminate that in just a minute. Uh, but I want to welcome you back to what is officially episode number 14. And uh, this is also the first episode in 2013. Wow, it just seems like uh, time flies the older I get. But here we are, brand new year, and i got some lots of cool things um, in store for this year. And, uh, you know, I asked the question on our Facebook page, uh, what kind of goals do some of you have? And uh, interesting of uh, several of the responses I've got. And so, which by the way, if you haven't checked out our Facebook page, you can uh, head on over to facebook.com forward slash home music studio one. And that's the number one. And uh, you'll get there as well. And uh, you can click like on that and join in on the conversation. Love to hear from you. Um, with that, just a couple, uh, one thing here that's different uh, in, in the new year here with me, I have now moved my gear once again. And I've shared this before, but I'm living in a rental uh, house, uh, three-bedroom, two-bath here uh, with my family in uh, the central part of uh, Michigan. And uh, my wife and I have been married now going, this will be 14 years. And uh, we've got five kids all under the age 10, four boys and one girl. Uh, Our oldest son is now 10. Our youngest girl is going on 11 months. And so lots of noise happening in my house. And it has been quite a challenge for me to find a space that works uh, and uh, is something that I can kind of be a little more long-term, that I have the room that I need, but is as quiet as I can be with the noise that is constantly happening in my house. So uh, I am moved down to what I call the dungeon. Maybe you guys out there are in a, or gals are uh, in a basement like me. Uh, I'm just trying to be creative with this space, and so you may hear some bumps and thumps and some noises above me as I'm trying to work and iron out uh, some of the logistics of the space that I'm in right now. Uh, but we'll just get that as we go along. And so, uh, hey, just something new. And uh, also, we ended the year with uh, kind of getting a new face to uh, homemusicstudio1.com. And if you haven't checked out uh, the blog, please do so. Uh, Also added a like button on there for those of you that are on Facebook as well. You can uh, help kind of spread the word about uh, what we're uh, addressing on these podcasts. And uh, uh, you know, we're we're constantly, I'm kind of trying to experiment with things to make uh, our, our platform and our podcast and everything kind of seamless on both uh, the web 
as far as a computer or your as well as all the mobile devices and so making some changes and adjustments there uh, if you haven't checked us out yet go ahead and do that and i always want to start uh, every episode just with a, a big thank you for all your support uh and that goes to everyone out there that uh, are downloading uh, these episodes and these shows. Um, I, I'm just, uh, I'm humbled by the response. And, um, you know, I enjoy doing these types of things. This isn't my full-time job. And so uh, it really does uh, require a good amount of time for me to invest in this, but I enjoy it. I really do. I like helping people out. And uh, it's just something I've done over the years uh, and been recording for many, many years as well. And so uh, I don't know everything, but I love to, uh, to share the things that I do. And then uh, we can learn together along the way. And so uh, I'm looking at the stats of the most recent downloads, and believe it or not, we have got downloads in the in the thousands all over uh, the world, which just amazes me every time I look at this. Uh, our, our top countries, of course, I'm from the U.S., and so we've got a lot of downloads from the states here, and uh, also from UK, uh, from uh, you know our friends over there in the United Kingdom, from Canada, just north of us, Australia, Germany, Sweden, the Netherlands. Mexico, France, Denmark, Switzerland, and my goodness, uh, you know, that list just keeps on going. And uh, kind of zeroing in a little bit um, at more of the U.S. market here. I've got a lot of downloads right where I'm at in Lansing. And our top places that came in this time are New York, uh, my friends out there in Los Angeles and L.A., uh, San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose, uh, that area in the California area, and then also Chicago over there. Uh, I believe in the Windy City, and so thank you all of you for um, your your support and your downloads. Uh, it really does, um, you know, just encourage me. And uh, do send in your questions uh, today. I'm going to be answering what was originally a question uh, posted uh, from George that came in through the Twitter feed, and um, George was just wondering. Uh, you know, he this is what he says. He said, At "The end of a project, he's got pops that will be in a different place each time when he bounces his audio." And uh, in the random, and so uh, he just has a question of how can he address those uh, things, and so that's what we're going to deal with today. So every time uh, you download an episode and you interact with me, you you uh, post a message via Twitter or you head on over to the site and uh, just follow the contact page or uh, you know through Facebook. The more we interact together, the more I can uh, put content out that is helpful to you. And that just helps maximize both our time. So I'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can head on over to Home Music Studio 1 forward slash contact as well. And uh, just send me a message. You got a question, let me know. You got a comment, let me know. Uh, I love to hear back from you guys. Uh, with that, let's get into where I want to go today. Three things that you can do to uh, to help eliminate those digital clicks, those pops, those annoying uh, ticks that kind of sometimes show up seemingly randomly, just like George mentioned uh, in his uh, Twitter question there. And uh, I'm going to give you three things that'll really help. And uh, this is um, sometimes things that it's it's in the little things. I share this many times that professional audio, going from that amateur to professional, there isn't really one magic bullet. It has to do with a lot of little things that we do uh, correctly along the way, and certainly when it comes to recording, there are also there's just a huge amount of relativeness in that uh, what what might be my musical goals may not be yours, and vice versa. So there certainly is a lot of room for creativity, and, and in one sense, there isn't a right or wrong. 
but in the technical sense of things, there certainly are things that uh, uh, you know that the pros are doing, and there are certain things that when we use our equipment and our gear in the proper fashion will definitely help us get uh, to a higher quality audio, and it really doesn't mean that you need thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear. Uh, I've got a couple extra pieces of gear because I'm doing some podcasting, and uh, and so I've got an Allen He's Z14 board that I use. I kind of run everything through that, um, and but really my recording rig is a, a simple desktop. I'm uh, I'm using Sonar uh, X2 that I've just been able to upgrade to, and then I've got a Focusrite 2i2. It's just got uh, two XLR ends. Uh, and they both double as quarter inches as well. And that's really what I do the majority of all my recording on. Uh, my Allen and Heath is just kind of the hub so that I can share with you guys what I'm doing when I display uh, and kind of demo uh, my stuff here. But um, really, it isn't that you need thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff. Most of the time, it has to do with knowing how to use what you have. So what can you do if you find yourself having these digital clicks these pops seemingly randomly, just like George mentioned to us in your audio. Uh, maybe this comes when you're trying to consolidate tracks. Uh, you got a set of drum tracks and you're trying to bump them down to just one stereo feed. And, and now all of a sudden, uh, you know, your original eight tracks sounded fine. But when you put them down to one stereo, you've got all these pops and these clicks happening. What's, what's going on there? Or maybe, uh, you, you know, everything sounds great. But when you do a mix down and then you play back that final stereo file, You've got some random pops and clicks that just happen, or even when you're tracking something, it may sound great uh, when you're recording it. You don't hear anything whatsoever when you're monitoring your feed, but then all of a sudden, when you play it back randomly, it seems like there's pops and clicks, and uh, what, what's going on there? Well, let me give you three things that, uh, that I do that uh, really will help eliminate almost all of, uh, of these issues. And there may be a few others that, uh, that you uh, have come across that, uh, that I haven't mentioned, but these are really kind of the three main things. And let's begin with number one, and I'll kind of explain these out as we go along. Number one is, is using proper gain staging. And uh, gain staging, just to put it simply, is uh, is adjusting your level from start to finish in your signal chain so that there is no clipping, uh, so that it's loud enough without clipping, but it's not so quiet that you're picking up lots of background noise. And so it's getting your, your levels from both your outboard gear on into your uh, digital plugins and uh, in your your DAWs, your your workstations, there it's making sure that the levels are properly set from everything as it goes on down the signal chain. And uh, the thing about gain staging is uh, a lot of times you might be very conscious of uh, maybe an outboard gear. Uh, you might be very conscious of maybe your master fader, but there's things that are very important to check when it comes to gain staging is uh, looking at your plugins. A lot of times we just overlook things because maybe uh, depending on your, your digital audio workstation, sometimes uh, a track may not show clipping on the channel, but the plugin that you've got applied, the actual plugin itself may, may be showing a clipping. And um, usually what I like to do is, is uh, you've got to think in terms of if I've got a lot of plugins, every time I add something, another plugin to that track, to that channel, even every time I add another track and begin to mix them together, I'm typically going to get a little bit more of a gain boost. And um, what maybe one single acoustic guitar uh, level-wise was just fine, now all of a sudden I've added a few other instruments to it, and now I'm peeking my master fader out, or now I'm peeking 
uh, you know, a, 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 a fader that I had where I had compression or something on there like that, like a sub fader. Uh, you know, all these different things are things to check. So gain staging is pretty simple. Might sound like, a, you know, something that's complex, but it's really not. The simple way to, to think about gain staging is think of your source from the beginning. Uh, if you're tracking, then uh, the very first thing you want to do is make sure that you're not, you know, if you're, if you're uh, recording with a microphone, make sure your mic is not being clipped out from too high sound pressure going into it. Whatever your instrument is, make sure you've got a right distance, kind of find the sweet spot to where you're not so close that you're clipping the diaphragm out in the mic but you're not so far away, you know, just depends on what you're after in your room. Uh, but make sure that you're not clipping out at the source. And then as you file that source down, most of us are pretty familiar with setting the gain in our recording devices, our, um, you know, whatever outboard audio interface you're using, making sure you've got a clip meter on there somewhere that's going to show you are you clipping. That's most important to start there because if you got clipping at the source, uh, it's just going to continue to get worse on down the line. There's very little that can be done uh, respectively, that is uh, going to improve it. And so if you can get it right at the source, uh, it's much more helpful as it goes on into your tracks. Now from there, um, some digital audio workstations have uh, gain adjustments within there. I know Sonar has a gain adjustment as well as a, as a master fader. Uh, gain adjustment being the input gain, uh, master fader adjusting the output signal of that track. And so just pay attention to what is going in. I like to usually keep my tracks peaking out at right around negative three. And the reason I do that is I find that even when I apply plugins and I apply regular effects that I normally would, compression, reverb, whatever, most of the time that gives me a good place where I've got more than enough headroom uh, but it's not so quiet that I, I really can't do anything with. And so I'm making sure that uh, my tracks when I'm coming in, uh, if I've recorded it, and as long as I don't have any clipping when I've recorded that, part of what I do for gain staging is very first out the bat, I normalize that track to negative 3 dB. If it's a little bit... Um, stronger of a track or, or maybe something that's a lot more less dynamic, I may normalize that to negative two as well. Uh, the only time I really do that, maybe like this podcast, oftentimes on my voice, I might neg normalize it to negative two and then process from there. But part of the gain staging process, once my, my signal is into my, my DAW, for me, I start with that normalized process of negative three. And then as I apply in a, a, an effect or a, a plug-in, the first thing I'm looking at is my input and my output gains. And this really is irrelevant to whatever plugin you're using. Everything you put on an individual channel, you want to make sure that it is roughly in that same area. Um, you just want to make sure uh, that you're not getting any clipping from any plugin. And gain staging is really, really a simple thing. You just simply, every time you apply an effect or you you add a plugin, just simply look at the input, look at the output of that plugin, see what it's doing. Are you causing clipping on the input side? Uh, if you're not, try and match those levels. For me, again, I try and push that peak right around that negative three, negative two uh, on my compressor or whatever plugin I'm using. And then I try and match that output in the same area and then continue on down the line with whatever is in your signal chain. And then uh, the last two things you'll check will be whatever your, your fader is at on that particular channel. And then if you've got any kind of submixes happening or you've got uh, additional stereo buses installed, check out those stereo buses. And then and lastly, your master boss. 
And so gain staging is really as simple as checking everything along the way. Don't just slap something on there and uh, and just, uh, you know, really uh, kind of ignore where the signal is. Now, there's a little more to it. Uh, but in general, if you just kind of think in, in kind of a target in mind that everything in and out is going to peak roughly around negative three, negative two, uh, and you may have reason to kind of push some of your plugins a little hotter than that, that's okay. But what matters most is uh, is that you've got relatively the same solid signal going in and out of each plugin and that you have no clipping. And uh, as long as you get those things set, gain staging, uh, is gonna that's going to eliminate a lot of issues for you. Uh, especially if you got a lot of apply, uh, effects going on, you got a lot of plugins, you may find that you've just got something somewhere in your chain that's adding a little bit of clipping that you visually can't see without going through each thing one at a time. So real important. Uh, and again, that's one of the very first things that I do. That'll help eliminate a lot of issues going on. Very simple. Uh, so number one, in to eliminate those digital clicks and those pops is gain staging. Use proper gain staging from the start to finish, from outboard on into your inboard gear, and then back out again with whatever you're doing for your mix down. Uh, check that right off the bat. The number two thing that I would encourage you to do uh, in order to kind of help these things out and eliminate a lot of these clicks and noises is check to make sure that you've got a couple things uh, regarding your uh, your audio interface. Number one, you need your device drivers. Uh, make sure that they are properly updated. And then number two, I want to talk just a little bit about making sure your audio interface is properly configured to work with your DAW or your recording software. Uh, first of all, device drivers. Anytime I get a new unit in, what I typically do right off the bat is I don't necessarily install the drivers from the disc that I bought that audio interface from. I usually right away go online and I try and see if there's a most recent version, a more recent version uh, than uh, what maybe came with my device right from the company. Uh, very important because a lot of times uh, fixes that uh, have been noted from other people using the same device that have been reported to the company many times. That's why they're doing driver updates. Uh, they're trying to fix these little bugs and things that a lot of times, uh, you know, are creating these issues. And they're just repaired simply by updating your device drivers. Uh, now, very important to do that. You can just head on online. Usually, most every main manufacturer of uh, your uh, your um, audio interfaces are going to have a, a web access of, of a support link on there where you can go look up your device and download the most recent driver for uh, your device, whether you're using Windows or Mac. It's very important to do that. The other thing that is very important to do when it comes to your audio interfaces is uh, playing around with your, your digital audio workstation, your DAW, and configuring uh, the actual driver settings themselves. Now, uh, I'm using, uh, as I said before, Sonar X2 Producer. You might be using something else, and it's really kind of irrelevant. Whatever your DAW, your DAW is of choice, uh, you're going to have some preferences and some driver settings for that audio interface. A couple things you want to make sure to be aware of. Know the highest sample rate and speed that your device supports. Um, a lot of times, if you've got driver settings that are higher than your device supports, uh, what is happening is your software is doing a kind of an on-the-fly dithering, an on-the-fly conversion. And sometimes you just get simple noise that is unnecessary, pops, clicks, because you're you're trying to record or mix down or bump down at a rate that is actually higher than your device itself supports. So check that out as well. 
And um, each device is a little bit uh, different. Now, I use the ASIO drivers that I'm using uh, with my audio interface, which tend to be a little more solid, but um, really play around with what you have. I prefer, um, I'm using a 64-bit Windows 7, and so I try and use a 64-bit version of the drivers that I can. And so very important to just begin to experiment a little bit. If you're having problems with your audio, update the driver to the most recent driver, and then check and see where your settings are at, and maybe do a little bit of experiment and trial and error and see what you're getting. If you're getting a better uh, setting, know the maximum sample rate, the maximum uh, speed and bit rate that your device supports, and make sure you're not setting higher than that. Uh, You know, my uh, device does 96 um, kilohertz, and and it's a 24-bit, and so I've got that. That's my maximum rate that I set it at, and going lower than that is fine, but if you go higher than that, you run the risk of running into issues uh, that are just going to create more noise in there. So very important with that. Uh, get those new, most recent drivers, and then just double check your settings. If you have any issues, play around with different driver settings. You may have a few uh, options such as uh, MME and driver mode. Uh, in in Windows, there's a uh, I believe it's called WDM. And so just look at your your configuration, play around with a few different driver settings, and maybe even Google and find out what other people are using on your device and uh, what what are other people having good uh, experience with when it comes to proper driver settings. Okay, that's another major thing. And then the last thing that I'll say is this, um, when particularly when uh, you're bumping down, when you're consolidating multiple tracks into one, uh, when you're doing a final mix down, when you are applying effects, uh, the third category you need to pay real close attention to is your dither settings, uh, your dithery settings. Now, just to, to be simple on this, dithering uh, is the ability to kind of add kind of step down information when you're converting from one file format, say a higher bit rate, uh, a higher speed to a lower one. Dithering is the process of actually adding noise, uh, white noise, pink noise that that fills in the blanks, basically, of uh, some of the information that that is not there in a lower quality file. I won't go into a huge amount of all the technicals behind that. There's a lot of great information out there. Uh, in fact, I've got a post on that and, uh, and uh, send you to some more information, some great video stuff if you want to know more about dithering. But here's the thing about dithering. Um, experiment, because there's a couple different options when it comes to dithering. Now, most of uh, most of your DAWs out there, when you are consolidating tracks, they have a default dither setting, which if you are consolidating through a plugin, which is not identical to the original quality that your track was recorded at, it's going to apply dithering, okay? Uh, and in many cases, that is, uh, that's typically uh, happening most often, okay? And so every time you apply effect, if your effect is not the exact same bit rate, then you're going to get some type of dither settings uh, being applied, and it's going to add a slight amount of noise, kind of fill in the blank, as opposed to this digital uh, clipping, which, which can just be horrors. And uh, you want to make sure that those settings uh, are set properly and experiment with a few different things. You may find that just changing some of those settings are, are going to eliminate a lot of the issues that you have. And uh, this can be true whether you're doing a full mix down or whether you're just applying effects. Uh, maybe you don't have a huge amount of CPU. And so uh, when you get your effects set the way you want, then you you apply them directly to that track. And, and if you're doing that, there's a good chance that your software may be automatically doing a dither application when it's applying those effects. 
uh, or if you're just consolidating multiple tracks into one, anytime you're changing uh, the quality, which can happen simply by applying uh, effects or going through plugins that aren't the exact same quality as what uh, your, your track was recorded at, uh, chances are you're going to, by default, have some dithering applied to those tracks. And, uh, and, and especially when you're doing a mix down, you may be going from uh, 96K to 24-bit on down to, say, CD quality 44.1, uh, to 16-bit dithering is being applied and if you're getting noise in that process try a few different settings on your dithering uh, you just uh, check out your dithering application within uh, the preferences and uh, just see what other options you have within dithering most DAWs give you several options um, by default to just kind of play around in an experiment uh, experiment with the different versions of dithering and uh, the different settings within there and see if that does not eliminate a lot of your pops and clicks. I find that many times, especially in the mix down process, that can take care of a lot of different issues. So uh, three things to really help eliminate those digital clicks and pops in your audio. Number one, we talked about gain staging. Check everything from your outboard unit on into your plugins and so on and, and back out again. Make sure nothing's clipping. Make sure everything is at a good uh, nominal in and out level right around negative three, negative two. Uh, and uh, try and match your levels to where things are relatively the same from one plugin to another. And uh, as far as your in and out. Uh, number two, make sure you got the most recent device drivers for your audio interface. And then make sure your settings are configured so that uh, you're not trying to set anything higher than what your device supports. And uh, just play around with different versions of those uh, drivers. Sometimes the DAW has different options of uh, most recent drivers. So play around with some things. Um, make use of 64-bit processing if you have that option and see if that eliminates some of your stuff. Uh, just play around with different driver settings and you may find you'll eliminate your problem there. And number three, check your dithering settings and make sure uh, that uh, you're, you're not having issues in the dithering process, particularly in the default settings of uh, dithering because many times those are applied when you're applying effects or when you're consolidating tracks and they're applied by default uh, just through your your digital audio workstation. So, hey guys, hopefully uh, these things uh, have been helpful to you. And uh, if you have found these helpful, why not uh, give uh, the podcast a review in iTunes? That just helps. Uh, uh, number one, it's encouraging to me. It lets me know you're out there. We've got a lot of downloads, but I love hearing from you guys. But it also lets other people know that uh, this uh, podcast is something that might be helpful for them so that they can learn how to produce professional audio as well and to do that on any size budget. And so also, if you haven't got your, your free gift yet, head on over to homemusicstudio1.com forward slash free gift. And, uh, you know, I put together a short ebook for those of you that do that. And uh, you can just throw your email uh, and I'll, I'll give you instant access to this free ebook that answers really one of the most frequently asked questions I get. And that is regarding uh, how to use compression in the home music studio. And so it's kind of an entry level book there for those of you that answer uh, that just head on over completely free. And then if you haven't done so yet, check us out on Facebook. Uh, you can head on over to facebook.com forward slash home music studio one. And that is the number one. And uh, join in on the conversation. Love to hear from you. Keep your questions coming. More questions I get. Uh, I love to answer those questions in future podcasts, future posts. And uh, just make sure that I'm answering things that you guys are actually asking. With that, this is Dave Maxey with homemusicstudio1.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>